for today. I want to talk to you about the conversation that Jesus raises of the, the, the tale of two masters. I'm sure immediately you know the Scripture that you cannot serve two gods or two masters because you will love the one and hate the other. That Scripture goes on to say you cannot serve both God and money. There's this idea of uh, mastering or being mastered by my economic environment, right? Uh, either I am in command of and have authority over it or it has authority over me and I have to figure out uh, uh, who's in charge. Whenever you're figuring out whether who's in charge, you're dealing with a relationship and I think some people have an abusive relationship with money. I think it's abusive in the sense that if you feel... Uh, uh, you have enough, you feel you have good self-image. And if you feel you don't have enough, you feel uh, 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 less, you think less of yourself. But the Bible tells us that uh, money doesn't make the man, man makes money. And there is something important about that principle. So today, I want to tell you about a guy in the Bible that I've never preached on before. And I'm quite embarrassed to say that because I've been a preacher for a hundred years, and some of you are like, could be. Um, I've been a preacher for a long time, and I've never preached about this guy in the Bible. And, but if you're going to talk about wealth, wealth creation, uh, tithe, and, and money, you can't avoid talking about him, because he's the one guy who's mentioned in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and that way it should dissolve all your concerns about whether it's an old thing or a new thing. Hebrews chapter 6, he's mentioned five times in the Bible, Genesis, Psalm 103, Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 8, uh, 5, 6, 7, 5, 6, 7. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forefather, uh, forerunner, rather, Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. There he is, the guy in the Bible I've mistakenly never preached about. I've often preached the verse before, Christ is the anchor to the soul. He opened the curtain. He led us into the inner sanctuary. Because of Christ, we have peace. And then the end of that verse is just this, Jesus is like Melchizedek. And he just sounds like a complicated guy. I mean, because the name is long. I mean, I feel like I haven't preached about him just because I stumbled to say the name Melchizedek, right? So would you mind practicing it with me? I just want you to meet Melchizedek. So could you just say, morning Melchizedek? Is that okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Yeah, you weren't confident. <laughs> but it's all right. He isn't taking it personally. I thought we could just call him Mel. Could we call Melchizedek Mel? Is that all right? So Mel's a big guy in the Bible. He's only mentioned five times, but he's mentioned in three whole chapters of the New Testament. And this verse suggests that Jesus is in some kind of way like Melchizedek or Mel. It was in some kind of way a forerunner or an example or a sample of Jesus. That's a big connection. In fact, the Bible doesn't do that for very many, just Jesus is like Adam, first Adam, second Adam. Jesus and Joshua. Joshua is the New Te Old Testament version of Jesus, the new, taking us into the promised land. And then this guy, Mel. Hebrews chapter seven goes on to say, and what we have said is even more clear 
if another priest like Mel appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life, for it is declared, Jesus, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, but a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And that passage of Scripture continues to reiterate this idea that Mel or Melchizedek and Jesus are closely connected. So why don't we go find out about Mel in Genesis? Is that okay? Find out about Mel, and then I'm going to tell you a really cool story about strawberries. The strawberry story is going to be one of the funniest stories you've heard me share. You will try to work out who the person is. You won't get it right. It's a 15-year-old story that I've also never shared, perhaps because I was a little too close to the story. But just to let you know, there's relief coming in the form of a story about strawberries. Genesis chapter 14 is when we hear about Melchizedek. Abraham, let me give you a context. A production, could you take it off the screen for a moment? I just want to give you context. So uh, all of you uh, hopefully know, most of you will know, Abraham's original name was Abram, right? Abram had a relative um, and he and his relative were farming together. Anyone know the relative's name? Lot, absolutely. Anyone know what happened to Lot? Became salty. So, oh, that's got a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Good old salty Lot. So what happened to Lot was Abraham and Abram and Lot were fighting because they were trying to get the same clients. They were living on the same field, trying to farm the same thing. It wasn't going too well. Their people were fighting. So Abram said, pick a place and go, and I'll go the other way. So, so Lot picks the nicest place, the greenest place, the, the, the grass that was greener on the other side. And he goes and he lives next to Sodom. Hmm. I mean, we know quite a lot about Sodom. Your choice of neighbors is questionable. Abram said, okay, that's fine. I'll take the desert. And instead of going and living next to a neighbor, he builds an altar to the Lord. What a difference. Lot gets himself into trouble and he gets attacked and he sends a WhatsApp message to Abram. I'm in trouble I'm under attack. Abram says, no worries, I'm coming to help you. He comes and he defends his relative Lot and he wins the battle and he chases out the invading kings and he conquers their possessions and now we pick up the story. So Lot's happy. Well, Lot's safe but not happy. You'll find out later he's not happy. Abram is a, a victorious and he's won the battle. Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. After Abram returned from defeating the name I cannot pronounce and the kings... I'm sorry, but I'm Greek and that's just, just a lot of... just I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, he defeated Ked. We've got Mel in this story and we've got Ked in this story right now. I am... I am modernizing these people. And the kings allied with him and the king of Sodom came out to, uh, to meet him in the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. 
He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Abram, be blessed by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise God Most High, who delivered you, your enemies into your hands. And then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. That's the first time we read about Mel. Here's what's interesting. The story of tithing is not in the Bible until Leviticus. This happened before Leviticus. So Abram has not been to a church service. There were no church services yet in those days. So he comes out and he fights for Lot and wins. And he's got this wealth from being a conqueror. And he thinks to himself, what should I do with that? So he goes down to this guy called Melchizedek, who is well known for loving God. And here's what Melchizedek does. He brings bread and wine. He has a communion service with Abram. He said, you know what we should do? We should give thanks to God. And he breaks bread with him and he has a bit of wine. It's not even in the Bible yet. No one knows where Melchizedek came from and he's never mentioned again. An indestructible life because we did not know where he came from and we didn't know where he was going. Just as Jesus is an indestructible life because he had no earthly beginning and has no earthly end. And you and I, an indestructible life because our source is rooted in heaven and our final sleeping place is in heaven also. And so the comparison is made. And Abraham gives him a tithe. It was in the Old Testament before it was a law. It is an example in the New Testament that when I come to my Melchizedek, Jesus Christ, and I break bread in giving thanks, that which I have conquered in the world, I lay at his feet a little offering of thanksgiving. And God says, and the priest blessed him and said, God be gracious to you. Luke chapter 12 says, Consider the wildflowers, how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grasses of the, grasses of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your hearts on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world worries about all such, all of those, all such things. Your father knows that you need your father knows your father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Our father knows that we need them. Those of you who've been following along on this journey, um, and if you haven't, you want to catch up the two previous messages, they're on YouTube, Facebook, and podcast. And interestingly, last Sunday's message is the highest listened to message in our preaching series in probably two years, which I think is quite remarkable. Yeah, I think that's worth celebrating. Uh, I think it's the title, 10% is Old Testament. I think people were like, yeah, exactly. And then I got him later in the conversation. Some of you will know that I felt prompted by God in December to look at what's in my bag and to, and to begin to unpack it and do more with it. And one of those things was an entrepreneurial and property thing. So I'm happy to report that my Airbnb has been running for exactly one month as of today. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you, but wait. Um, uh, I have done all the courses, I've prayed about it, I asked the Lord to bless it, and I started. I have only had one empty night in 30 nights. 
the Hall of Fame, not yet, not yet, Amper, Amper Oom Andre, nog nie daar nie. I'm completely booked for February and half of March. That will mean that my post uh, percentage to the platform and all of that thing will net me um, 14,500 rand per month. I will pay an extra to a cleaner and a little bit to my municipal account and I will make 12,000 rand. And I will tithe uh, 1,200 rand and I will reinvest an additional 1,200 rand at making my property better. And if it takes me a little longer to get to the top of whatever ladder God wants me to climb, I will at least do so with peace. I will do so with peace. I wanted to get out of the bubble of my Christianity lived in church and get back into the environment where your faith plays because my faith plays in a safe place but your faith plays in a dangerous place and you should be even more committed to your protection plan my heavenly father than even I need to be because you see demons more than I do you've got economic demons You've got electricity demons. You've got water supply demons. You're fighting the good fight. Can we just have an amen there somewhere? Put your trust in God. The strawberries story. I was so sure I was going to tell it that I put it on the screen. Many, many years ago, a classy lady fell in love with somebody who needed a little bit of work. He just wasn't aware. It's not me. <laughs> I knew what you, you were thinking there. It's like, oh, shame. Let's pretend it is. He, he, um, he needed a bit of work. He was just very unaware that she was into him. And sometimes guys, I think, if I'm being a bit of a generalist, can be oblivious. And sometimes ladies' hints are not helpful. And I know we're in the month of love and... It's Valentine's coming up, but you know, sometimes you actually have to spell it out, you know. Um, and so she was hinting and helping and hinting and you know, trying to get his dress code a bit better and introduced him to deodorant. And <laughs> she thought she was getting him exactly right that he was picking up what she was putting down. So one day she'd gone to these the strawberry farm. I think it's in George area. Is it? Many years ago, and she got strawberries the size of mangoes. You know those strawberries? You, you get these strawberries that are a meal unto themselves. <laughs> she got four of them in a pack. And I know the story because she uh, uh, came to speak to me, frustrated, could I talk to this guy and just tell him, She's keen on him, and could I get him to do something about it? And what she had done was she had bought like cologne that as a gift, and she had bought a new top and all kinds of things, but she hadn't given it to him yet because she had a picture in her mind. She's going to get the strawberries, give it to him, and he will magically realize <laughs> that he needs to buy cream and arrange an occasion where the two of them will share the strawberries and cream. He ate the strawberries in the car on the way home. All four. 
Done. The boys in the house are like, yeah, but I was hungry. I don't... Why'd you give them to me? Now I go to refrigerate them and worry about it. She had this picture in her mind of shared. And with the sharing would come cologne and a new top and a new pair of shoes. And he was like, I'm hungry now. (laughs) And you know, as funny as that is, Either that is the lady in question, or that is a lady who's had a strawberry experience of her own, and she's thinking about that right now for you. Don't you think? Uh, uh, People who don't tithe are the strawberry eaters of this world. God gave them something with a view, we shall journey through life shared. And on the moment of the sharing, I have all these gifts lined up for you. I'm going to elevate your life in all kinds of ways. And you're eating the stuff on the way home before you even, you're eating everything, you go, just, it's mine. It's not, the tithe is not an expense. It's a relationship investment into the most important relationship in my life, my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. And if you think a human being will reciprocate with gifts, try my dad in heaven and how he will reciprocate. I made a terrible mistake as a pastor, many mistakes, many, many. I'll write a book, The Things I Did Wrong. It will be big. (laughs) One of the mistakes I made pre-pandemic is that I, I was too, um, I was too, uh, uh, I was, I was too uh, uh, cowardly uh, to touch topics that would push people over the line into commitment, because I fed off uh, the enjoyment of a large size of people, not necessarily a deep enough people, and we discovered something about that. When trouble comes, consumers leave and contributors line up. And I'm very sorry about that. I still want big crowds. I want big crowds coming for nothing, sure. But what I'm going to do more over the next 50 years of my life is invite more and more people to, by this, to this line. Have you given your life to Jesus? Are you a disciple? Have you surrendered? Do you give? I don't want to play games because there isn't a shortcut on this. This is how we grow. Ecclesiastes is the story of Solomon trying to find happiness in life. Chapter two, verse nine, Solomon said, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet, 
when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing of the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Do you know what Solomon is telling us? Even if you got everything you ever desired, it would be a mistake to think that that would buy you peace of mind and happiness of heart. Money won't pay for that. Relationship with Jesus Christ will. One of my favourite podcasts uh, on YouTube is Diaries of a CEO by a guy called Stephen Bartlett. He's the new guy on Dragon's Den in UK. If you ever want to follow a podcast, it's two hours long each one, but diaries of a CEO. Five days ago, he interviewed a professor from America called Professor Decker, somebody, name I cannot pronounce. He asked, the study was, what helps you live longer? And what helps you live happier? Do you know how they concluded their study? the number one factor that helped you live longer and live happier, the conclusion of 25 years of research, learn to live a life in awe. That was the conclusion. You know what he was saying? When you have a cup of coffee with friends, don't just say, it's a cup of coffee with friends. Say, how awesome is it that I can have a cup of coffee with these friends right now? If you don't do that, life passes you by and you're chasing the wind. And if he had looked at Ecclesiastes, he would have known that you chase the wind when you try to find something external to meet a need internal. When you're at a good place internally, you can sort out stuff externally just like that. Happiness and peace of mind cannot be bought by an economic condition. It is something we walk into in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the blessed life. It is the blessed life. So often, being blessed is in the eye of the beholder. They say beauty is in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. Blessing is in the eye of the beholder too. You might look at things you don't have and feel not blessed. Or you can look at the things you do have, the people you have, the places you get to go to, the songs you get to listen to and go, how blessed am I? How blessed am I? A few, um, I have to get a nerd-like gardening story in somewhere. It's become my thing. Uh, About six months ago, I had been on the hunt for a tree and now that uh, the, my American friends are back. I thought I will tell the story. I've been hunt, on the hunt for a tree that changes colour in winter. And it's di- quite difficult to find in South Africa, but it's, it's from America. It is the state tree of Louisiana, I think. It's called a bald cypress. It's not my nickname. <laughs> Quite tricky to find. You see them in pictures. They have these huge trunks that can live in water couldn't find it. Asked a couple of nurseries, hey, if you get one of these, would you let me know? Oh, we don't really get them because the people here don't know how to grow them. Okay, cool, cool. And a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from a nursery and he said, do you know what happened? I, we were picking up some uh, trees for a client and this, this guy had this tree there and I knew immediately it was a, a, a bald cypress. I knew you wanted one and I, I said to him, if you ever get rid of this tree, I know a guy. Oh, he said, I, does nothing, get rid of it. 
And he dug it out and he dropped it off. And I said, how much do I owe you for that? Oh no, he said, it, isn't it awesome that you were just asking for one? And there I was with someone and I haven't seen one. And I said, did you just use the word awesome? Isn't it awesome? A life in awe of the majesty of God weaving together the tapestry of opportunity and blessing as he sees fit. You have no idea how wonderful it is to get into the stream of doing things God's way. You have no idea. It's thriving. I did exactly what it's supposed to do. Stick it in water for six months, let it grow, and then stick it somewhere else. And I can't wait for winter. I'm looking forward to winter for a few reasons, including a lowering of the temperature. But I want to see that thing go orange. It's a very cool, it's a cypress tree that goes orange and then loses its leaves. So cool, I love it so much. I stood there the other morning and it's taller than me now, which is not hard. <laughs> and I thought, how awesome is that? You need to be in the space where God awakens the awe. Or I'm telling you, there isn't enough money in the world to buy awness. Just isn't enough. Or peace of mind or happiness. You can pay for everything else, you can't pay for that. Matthew chapter six, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy uh, um, uh, but and thieves, uh, um, I, I can't read that. Where, oh, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. My encouragement to you is to learn to step into that space of things whose value is greater than earthly possessions. Production, if you would move that slide up for me, please. Now I, I've, I've read it. Thank you. Um, in in fact verse 21 says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the eye is the lamp of the body if your eyes are healthy your whole body will be full of light but if your eyes are unhealthy your whole body will be in darkness if then the light within you is darkness how great is that darkness no one can serve two masters either they will love the one uh, and hate the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's the principle. Out of the abundance of my heart, I find generosity. My last story for you is also probably sourced from some podcast. It's called the Ikea effect. We don't really have Ikea here, right? Do we? But we have the concept, which is sort of flat-packed furniture. You've got to put it together yourself. It comes in a box. The IKEA effect is another thing they researched. They got one group of people and gave them a table, a little table in a box. And another group of people and gave them the table in a box and said, please assemble it. So they had to work as a team and they assembled it. Then they stepped back and they said to this group, how much do you think this table is worth? And they said, $20. And then they went to the other group and said, how much do you think this table is worth? They said, $40. Because what you put labor into, you love more, you think is worth more. And what comes in a box that you didn't have to work in a team to put into something, you'd la you value less. If you have to work as a team in a marriage, work as a team in a business, a little harder to get to the same place, it's okay because your heart is growing warmer in your labour. 
a true sense of my relationship with money either hurts or heals my heart. A lot of the reason why the barriers why people don't give in generosity through a tithe by whatever percentage we handled that last week, it's because people's hearts aren't there yet. That's really, I remember saying, speaking to a friend recently, I hadn't seen in such a long time, and they said, oh, George, you know, uh, I need to get back to church. And, uh, or, and I said, just get online so long. And they said, yeah, I must do that, you know. And they said, you know, we, we've visited the church for 10 years, eh? But, you know, technically we're not a member. And I thought, that's a weird thing to say. I've like married you, dedicated your kids, I've buried your relatives. What are you waiting? I mean, what do you mean? And I realized there's a barrier in the heart that we all have to cross to at some point say, he is my God and these are my people. And I fight for and with, hopefully never against, and we build together. Because what we labor together for we love and put value on greater. That's what it is. Three quick bullet points because I'd like to wrap up at 10 past. The Bible teaches us that tithing bonds the heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Bible teaches us that tithing builds the house. And that every one of us need a shelter sometime. Whether it's to dedicate a kid. Hey, we dedicated Benji Dillon yesterday. Lloyd and Kelly Dillon's kid. The cutest little man. What a dedication. Absolutely lovely. Hi, Jeffrey's Bay. Whether it's to dedicate a child or to marry a couple or to give counselling to some broken person. I'm grateful there's a house and we build the house. And thirdly, tithing brings a different kind of blessing. It's the kind that in the world money can't buy. The most powerful thing I ever did concerning money is to recognise I'm not excluded from God's principles just because I'm very dedicated to God somewhere else. Not excluded. I've got to apply the principle. If I want to have friends, I must be friendly. That's the field. If I want to live in financial freedom, I need to sow. That's the principle. If, 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 I, want, if, I, want to, uh, if I want to walk in uh, uh, fitness and in health, then I've got to invest into that. I can't be super saved in one area and somehow it covers all the other areas. I need to be a steward of everything, all five bags, and multiply the five bags to five more. I know this is a tough conversation to have, but we, we talked about this. No, it's actually not tough. It's only tough if you're unhealthy in it. We talked about this even as a, as a, a pastor's. When we receive the offering in the future, although it's digital for almost everybody, uh, we're going to take 30 seconds and put a clip up on the screen here in North End and possibly elsewhere the distance or time might change. And we're just going to honour the Lord for a moment when we receive the offering, quietly in a prayer. Not just at the end of the month, say, Lord, 
This is my act of service to you. And let God's blessing, just like Mel blessed Abe. Are we taking it too far now? Just like Mel blessed Abe, I want to honor the Lord. So, this is my encouragement and exhortation to you. Start somewhere. Start somewhere consistently and, and persevere at it. Someone came to me after church a couple of weeks ago and said, listen, give me a number. Give me a number. All this talking, I need a number. I said, so I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you earn? Give me a number. I said, well, I'm not going to tell you that. He said, give me a number. Like, like, what does it cost for me to sit on this chair? I said, so I... I don't have a number, just, I don't know. What do you pay for DSTV? Give the Lord about the same. I don't know. (laughs) But truthfully, there is a number. It's a number that you arrive at in prayerful consideration before the Lord. And it's none of my business what that number is. Can you say amen to that? It's none of my business. In conclusion, I love when people say, but you know with my giving, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. I agree, so long as the left hand also doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And in the end, neither hands are doing anything. My concluding remark is, if it isn't 10% and you don't know what it is, it's definitely not zero. Can we say amen to that? Would you stand with me as we pray? Ah, Stephen, thank you. At every one of our sites or churches, we, we've stopped using that word sites, they're churches, um, and, and online, and if you listen to this late, later than live and uh, join our services that way, I just wanna pray God's blessing on you. And I wanna invite you to step into this arena in faith. Jo- join this, the river of, of that blessed life. It's not... Uh, it's not a transactional relationship or an abusive relationship. It's a joyful relationship. I am, am in awe at what the Lord is doing. That's what it is. So Father, will you, will you please uh, teach us to have a healthy relationship with wealth, a peaceful relationship with money? Will you please teach us to have a joyful attitude about our personal economy. Will you help us be healthy enough to talk about it and be full of faith enough to include this in our faith journey and not exclude it and leave it to the side. And then Lord, will you please teach us how to wisely spend resources for the health of the church and the health and healing of the world that we will be responsible leaders and custodians of the tithe, both in the giving and in the receiving of it, will you please make us deeply aware of the duty that that produces. Today, I pray Melchizedek's blessing over us. May the Lord God himself bless you. And may the Lord God himself be praised for how good He is to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God one more shout of praise and...
and worship. <laughs>